You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Did y'all see the California weather thing? No. Like how they're just getting drowned right now? Bro, first of all, California has gone through a drought for the last, like, I don't know, 12 years yeah. where it's like threat level midnight. They don't know if they're going to have any water yeah. and uh, farmers. It's like the biggest beef in California, farmers versus the people. Do you guys, okay, so farmers need water. Uh, yeah. California, if you didn't know, farmers need water. Um, <laughs> California's one of the biggest like ag export in the world. So they need a shit ton of water. Mm -hmm. So they have these aqueducts that come from Northern California that bring water down to the rest of California. Mm -hmm. So they were bringing water. Everything's Gucci. And then an old environmentalist went and found a small fish in the aqueduct. And this fish isn't native to California. Someone brought it there. It's an invasive species. Uh, So that constitutes it as being endangered. Because it's like, they're so rare in California because they're not from there. And so they went and they got it protected. And like, there's huge water fights in California, at least like a decade ago, right? Where like, they're fighting the environmentalists to get water. Farmers need more water. They're shutting off. So water's been such an issue. Out of, oh yeah, someone in chat just said the Delta smelt. That's the fish. That's what it's called. (laughs) Yeah. He Delta, he smelta it. Anyway, then out of nowhere, over the last weekend, I can't remember what it's called. A bomb but they are cyclone, getting dude. A bomb cyclone. That's there what is it's a called? huge. That's a technical yes. term. It's one of the terms they're using, throwing around. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> That's a Dragon Ball Z move. I saw something. Move. It's like an. It's like air, atmospheric river is what I saw. That's like, like over yeah, the yeah. ocean. I've heard that one too. That, that has a Dragon Ball Z move. Is <laughs> <laughs> that where he's like, "Give me your power"? Yeah, because he's he's powering. He's charging it up for ten years, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 oh, seasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 like episodes, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in California, and yeah. he finally hits it down. It's because all the, yeah. it's it's because all the, everyone's having anal sex in California. The sin, the sin is the, definitely, it's it. a Californication. And it's hitting, it's hitting San Francisco the hardest. So yes, you're, you're correct. <laughs> it's <The wow>. sin. <laughs> punishing the gays. <laughs> um, yeah, God be doing that, man. It's crazy. No, uh, it's called a atmospheric river. So over the Atlantic or over the Pacific ocean, apparently there is like water in the air. That's close to the amount of like the Mississippi river or some shit. And it's just like floating over the ocean in the air. And every once in a while, like every hundred years or decades, it just blasts California. So this has happened like a hundred years ago. And the last time it happened, it Sacramento up. It old, uh, what's it called? San Francisco up, like destroyed everything. And they were like, wow, that's bad. Atmospheric river. Yep. <laughs> so they're like, that's bad. We need to put infrastructure in to make sure that never happens again because it devastated California. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they did, they had two options. They were like, we can either put like really dope river walkways around all the natural rivers in California. So there's like trees and things to like hold the water or we can turn all of our rivers and put cement on the bottom and they chose cement. So, you know, the LA river, how it's just a huge cement river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they chose. And it does not help. It makes everything worse. Apparently. <laughs> so anyway, it's happening again. And they're very worried. Uh, if you zoom in on California, it's getting blasted. Like San Francisco's flooded. Uh, the whole, um, 
the middle of the coast in San Francisco. What's that shit called? I don't know why like I'm blanking. Slow and stuff. Blasted. Everything is flooded. Everything's getting destroyed. Sacramento's getting flooded and destroyed. And so someone zoomed in and you can like see on the weather app, you can see it's like all coming in, right? And then they slowly zoom out. And as they zoom out, it gets wider and wider. And it's like red here. And then it gets purple and then black over the Pacific Ocean. And all that shit's coming to California. So they might get blasted. All of that to say, Brittany's internet has been slow because it's (laughs) storming. So we need to remember to cut up the video so she could download these things. <laughs> That's happening in California right now. Pray for California. They need the rain. It came. Some of y'all prayed too hard because God listened. And now he's smiting the ass. Flooding the Central water. Valley, dude. Yeah. I mean, we live in Utah. We never get any rain. So it's been raining we're here. The, we're the chosen ones, right? <laughs> oh, there you go, dude. Correlation, causation. Yep. It's a fact. Uh, guys, I wanted to talk about how there's a lot of different ways we get our stories but one of my favorite ways are when things fall into place or coincidences happen and this has happened several times before where uh we went on a trip someone remembered a story it had something to do with like uh fortune telling and then i go to work and one of my coworkers like i have a story and it has to do with fortune telling so things like that happening right yeah this last week, I've had three of those, and I'm excited what? because they're going to be upcoming episodes. The first one, DJ, did you get a text from our boy, Tristan? Yeah, I did. I, I'm so sorry, Tristan, if you're watching. I, I haven't replied yet, but <laughs> no, that was this good. morning. Yeah. So if you guys haven't listened, listened, listen, Tristan, if you guys haven't listened, uh, we have a friend named Tristan Stevens who came on. It's Tristan Stevens on Mong Culture. And he shared arguably like one of the most impactful episodes we have as far mm-hmm. as like story and the human story and survival. And Real ass yeah. terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't listened to that, uh, definitely go listen to those. It's two parts. It's, it's awesome. He has slowly been grinding and getting stories. Okay. And uh, he said his aunt just visited and she just dropped a ton of stories on him. So he's like ready to go. So he's ready to come back on. But he said, my aunt stayed on the Queen Mary ship. What? For real? That's haunted. He said that today. Do you guys remember what text I sent last night? Did you send a text last night? What did you send last night? I I did. I talked about. No, no, no. It's it's, going to be back a while. But it's the Rogan. Joe Rogan just had a couple dudes on his podcast. who talked about their paranormal investigation on the Queen Mary ship. I didn't know that was was a subject matter. I said, we should cover the Queen Mary ship because Rogan's talking about it. It's going to get hits. Mm, yep. And then Tristan texts that. And I was like, dude, crazy. Second, I come into work the other day. I'm talking to a coworker I haven't seen a lot in a long time because I've been working at home because of baby's health. And uh, he goes, bro, I just got back from Alaska. And I was like, we were talking about how dope Alaska is. And then he knows we have a Scary Stories podcast. So he's like, dude, you should cover port lock and i was like what is that and he described what happened and i and it's an insane story that we're going to cover soon what port lock alaska yeah (laughs) okay okay and then i kid you not two days later one of our listeners or a new listener who found us on tiktok messages us and we message everyone if you have a story we'd love to hear it and immediately they reply back and they're like have you guys ever looked into port lock alaska 
out of nowhere just says that. And I get chills and I told him, I was like, I can't believe you're texting this. I just talked to someone about it. And the coworker I have, he has photos and his in-laws live near Portlock and they have some artifacts that they like, uh, that come from around Portlock. And so that's coming up soon. Bro. It's dope. I'm excited. And then the last one, I've been following AI art and the potential that AI has to like change graphic design and art and in general marketing, things like that. Have you mm-hmm. guys been keeping up on that DJ Ren? I have just cause it's related to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's uh, it feels like a wave is coming and if you don't catch it early, it's going to pass you. Yeah. Um, but just, just despite your feelings, one of our listeners, He's been following for a really long time. He's a Brazilian artist. His name is Raf Sarmento. Yep. Rafael Sarmento. He's a Brazilian artist, insanely talented, and has a ton of followers. So when he start, he first started following us when we were small, like no time. So if someone followed us and they had more than like a thousand followers, we were like, who the hell's this? You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, So this guy's like uh, decently big time down in Brazil, an amazing artist. And he's been really, really vocal about uh, AI art and what it's going to do to the, to the industry. Like he posts a ton of stories on it. I think he's like talked to people about it. They've had discussions and recorded it and produced it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like watching his input. He's from Brazil. This is coming up. I'm really trying. I messaged him and I was like, you know, we should really work on something try to maybe have you come on and do an episode. We could talk about Brazil. And then that night, a, a listener who's listened to us for over two years sends sends in a story about them backpacking in Brazil and having a crazy ass experience. And so those three things at once, I was like, "All right, we have our we have our Brazilian episode." So we're planning that. Damn, bro, that's that's uh, crazy because uh, I started a new job in November, and I I haven't told anybody like about the podcast. I usually don't like sol- I solicit my entire life via the podcast but in real yeah. like IRL I don't talk at all so I'm at this new job and I have a couple friends who are already working that like close friends so of, of course they know well and dude sharing the podcast with coworkers is like super vulnerable because we on here not acting like coworkers. yeah you know exactly <laughs> yeah so when coworkers finally find my podcast I like I feel like I have to apologize um anyway so it finally gets out recently and uh a handful of people are listening to it like um, one of the executives uh, oh, shit. messaged me on Discord like early this morning, like seven in the morning. He's like, I just finished three episodes this morning. It's like, dude, it's seven o'clock. <laughs> and you already listened to three full episodes. You've been up since 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was like, we were talking at work today. And he says, I, uh, I grew up outside of Skinwalker Ranch. <gasps> and is that, I, is my that family still lives there. Yeah, like near, near Duchesne. Um, or is it Duchesne? How do you say it, Sean? It is Duchesne, but I call it Duchesne. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, he grew up there. He still lives there. Like during the week, he li- he lives at the office. Our office is, it's a dope office. It has like a ton of rooms and it's outfitted for somebody who wanted to live there. And then he goes home on the weekends, has his wife and kids. But he is like, yeah, all growing up, all we had was stories. Oh, and uh, so many people, he said, I've already started reaching out to people. 
I've reached out for to, stories. Yeah, he's like I've reached out to Big Jim, who had like the cattle Big mutilations. Jim, Big Jim. I reached out to like my my childhood best friend, who we like encountered like crazy things with, and I've reached out to people who I know, like I they have like photo video evidence, and I'm trying to get that. And like I was like, dude. We're going to have you on the podcast. Hey. He's going to put us on the mark map, dude. <laughs> if we do like a well-produced with like video and shit and like firsthand stories, that will blow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so sick. That's crazy. I just watched a brief. I've never been really intrigued with Skinwalker Ranch. I'll be, I'll be honest because of the TV show. I think it kind of f***ed up my perception of oh, it. The hunt for the Skinwalker. Cause every, uh, I don't know. It feels conflated. Uh, the documentary. Yeah. 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 Dude, I fell asleep during that and I don't fall asleep during movies. So. It's not a movie. I'm talking about like the series on like History Channel, where it's like right the, after Ancient Aliens and right yeah. before like whatever. It's like Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, there's a documentary movie that I'm talking about. Oh, okay, I fell okay. asleep. I I don't know. I, I've just seen clips and it's really turned me off to it. <laughs> but recently, I looked at the history of Skinwalker Ranch, and the history is very intriguing, like how it became cursed and like what went down there between the Navajos and the Utes and the the white settlers. So like, uh, that could be really interesting. Yeah. Is he, does he have any plans on like getting back to you or anything? Uh, I mean, I see him at work all the time. Like, <laughs> in Oh, he's your executive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're fired. Uh, let's, uh, let's record an episode. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Well, that's exciting. Hopefully we can get him on. We really do need to schedule. We have like four or five people who want to come on as guests. Yep. So we need to get that done. Yeah. Yes. Sean, any, anything with you? <laughs> You mean like coincidences and like stories coming up? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I don't really talk to people, dude. <laughs> Sweet. I'm I'm about this close from being a hermit at this point. Oh my gosh. Dude, that used to be like a paying job in, in England at one point. Is to be Damn. a hermit on a rich person's property. Catch me catch me moving to freaking England then. I'm gonna be a hermit, bro. Sean, you said someone at work said they had a story. I did get a story from someone at work, <laughs> oh. but I'm going to share that at the end because oh, I'm not going to lead off with my best one. <laughs> yeah. What are your guys' uh, cry movies? Cry movies? I have one. I have two. Yeah. Specifically two that come straight to mind. Yep. Potentially three. You go first. I'm not crying. <laughs> you you're crying. You go first. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was just bringing it up because uh, last night we watched The Whale. Oh, dude, that one's supposed to be a real tearjerker. Oh, dude, dude. it was heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was close, but uh, that movie's just, I I didn't, I didn't. I was welling up, but it was, uh, it was, it was such a crazy movie, dude. Is it worth watching? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, I liked it. It's a very, uh. You have to be in the mood. You have to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. Look, I was I I was prepped. Going I'm too into fragile it. lately, dude. You know? <laughs> I get it. I can't it. take anything in right now. <laughs> I get it. But uh yeah. I mean it's a I swear one of the main criteria of A24 films when they're shopping around for movies and shopping directors and whatever and stories to turn into films. I swear their main criteria is like there has to be like real human element of like connection or like all of their movies feel real. All the genres, whether it's like yes. coming Hereditary. of age, slice of life, or horror, um, or like political, they're all something that we're such on their dick, dude. We're <laughs> we're like super on them. 
Not so shamed. That one, not shamed about it either. <laughs> you don't have any that just make you blubber, dude. Uh, dude, Soul. So I lost oh, it that with Soul. Disney Pixar. One. A lot of it because it was uh, it was very relevant to me with music, <laughs> and that 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 Main Street Wendy's in St. George. <laughs> um, I haven't watched it since. Really? Because you yeah. tried too hard. Because yeah, I was I was uh, I was sobbing in the credits, dude, <laughs> of Soul Pixar Soul. Um, another one that like makes me tear up is a uh, Warrior. Dude, that one's so good. Warrior is such dude. a good film. That's a uh, easily. That's my second favorite sports movie. What's your first? Ooh, what's your first? The one and only. Remember Jamaican the bobsled team. Hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other blacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got you. Who who was I listening to? But they were talking about a. Remember the Titans has the craziest story arc. It's like the first day, the whole town is like, "We hate them blacks," <laughs> and it's, all uh, they do is. Uh, who is Sh- it? Shane Gillis. Yeah, Shane Gillis. Yeah. And he's like, and they win a football game three days later. <laughs> All right. And everyone's you like, oh, we, they're not we that love bad. these guys. Yeah, they're not <laughs> yeah, that these bad. Are brothers. <laughs> these are <laughs> brothers. Yeah. He's like, football like cured racism. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just get people to be good at sports. And it's like, everyone's like, all right, you know what? You're, okay. you're not half bad. <laughs> so, so crazy. I don't know. Those are the main ones that, that come to mind, I think. Dude, two that make me cry. Uh, have you ever seen About Time? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I watch About Time. Guess where? Where? In the hospital, in the ICU. <laughs> oh, bro. Talk about setting, dog. God was like, you need this before like you I leave Like I said, this my room. guy, went, went in Rome, you know? <laughs> yeah. About Time. What time, dude? You're on your way out. <laughs> That shit is crazy. Who watches movies in the ER? Dog? Hey, that it's is, like those parties be they've been having where you're in the illegal. pool. When you're in the pool and everyone's watching Jaws, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like yeah. on my oxygen tank and I'm like watching yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, that, that one. Be, Wait, about that time is one with Rachel McAdams and yeah. Ed Sheeran and Close. Percy Weasley. Percy Weasley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that movie bends me over emotionally <laughs> and just has its way with me. I ball every time. Just everything coming together and the messages and the moments and oh my gosh, dude, I'm getting emotional right now, bro. I can't handle it. It makes me so sad. It's just like, I don't know. It's not sad. I don't know what the feeling is. It's like, you gotta, you gotta cherish every minute, dude. <laughs> I walk away being like, damn, I take everything for granted. I need to do better. And then the second one, is hook oh that one with that robin one brings williams. you to tears dude yeah, look at this man, guy cry shaming this yeah, guy who the f- is <laughs> this guy who cries, has zero yeah. emotions yeah sean's like i laughed through passion of the christ <laughs> <laughs> every yeah, time they Sean, drove that no, nail no, in the hand. emotions <laughs> yeah like <laughs> But I did laugh through Hereditary. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. You freaking psycho. Uh, no, dude. Yeah, there's just moments in Hook that are so tender. And especially now seeing it uh, because of fatherhood. Uh, mm. It's even more touching, dude. I just have like a deeper understanding than you guys now because I have a child. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just better than you guys now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that you so. won the, uh, the New Year's draft <laughs> with, with fatherhood. fatherhood. Get the- Bro, I wouldn't. I went and hung out with Audrey and Laura and they said that part had them howling. Cause I was like fatherhood and, and DJ's all 
dumb. <laughs> just like, scream, dumb. <laughs> and they were like, dude, I was howling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're like, why'd they hate fatherhood? I was like, I don't know, because it was just corny and cheese, but bro, shit is true, cuz. Shit is true, cuz. Try it out. I believe you, dude. It's wild. Shit we watched a uh, we watched a movie that uh that was pretty heavy for you. Which one, dude? Was it me, Earl? Me, Earl. Oh shit, dude, that one was heavy. Me, Earl, and the dying girl. Me, Earl, and the dying girl. I mean, I didn't cry during it because I'm emotionally scarred and broken and unable to cry at this point. But there are a couple movies that make me in my feels. Mm. That was such as. Me or on the dying girl. What else? Due to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Not a movie, but the end of a TV show where I was like, man, I might cry right now. Whoa. It was. Lost? No. Survivor? <laughs> yeah. He's Dude, always alone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, the tribe has spoken. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you are the one survivor. <laughs> No, it was the end of like season four of New Girl. <laughs> I never, I never finished Where New Girl. I the friends are moving one. away, and all of a sudden they have Head and the Heart playing like Rivers and Roads. Oh, I was like, damn, jeez, <laughs> that does feel like feels, dude. Sean caught me crying at a concert once. It's <laughs> <laughs> like in a bathroom or in a court. Like, what do you mean? No, with thousands of people around me. <laughs> so he just looked over, and you. Guys I'm just made like, I'm just like. Tearing up happy tears. I was, I was so happy. Who was it? It was uh, Odessa. We were at a Odessa. festival in Vegas. That's that's like okay, though. That was the best concert I've ever been to. It was, it was a great concert, man. They put on a good show. Yeah. I love that. What movies make you ball? Dude, obviously Coco. I saw that shit on a plane and I leaked from the face, bro. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Coco's a but good apparently one. You're, you're more emotional on a plane is what I hear. So that I tell myself every time and I just start crying, Air, airplane bro. cries, subway cries, bus cries. Dude, they just hit different. You're like, it, you're, you're in the movie. You're the main character at that point. What about music? Yeah. Any songs that, that ever make you cry? Maybe Dude, like the star, star, you? star spangled banner. Every damn the time. Bro. Every, every time. The national every, anthem, every damn brother. time, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said fix you. Yeah. By Coldplay. I, I don't know. Good. Yeah, dude, I, remember, I remember being a Mormon missionary. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't listen because I uh, obeyed the rules. You, you didn't, get, you you didn't get Jesus to fix you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, lights no. lights will guide no. you home? Bro, if you ever want to just like, get slapped with like a, oh, damn, like, kind of song, though, it's Jedi Mind Tricks. Dance with the devil. <laughs> oh my no, that's gosh. A, that's a <laughs> if I listen to that's that, like, like mortal, a mortal technique. That's a crying that's crying for us. Is that humanity. mortal technique? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's crying Dance for humanity. If you guys are listening to this sure. and you want some homework, if you want to get mentally cracked, if you want to get stretched in your emotions in not a good way, in go the worst to way. In the worst way. Go this is M. Night Shyamalan if M. Night Shyamalan worshipped Lucifer. You know what I mean? Yeah. The twist. Yeah. Dude, it is uh, a go listen. Go listen to Dance with the Devil by Immortal Technique. <laughs> Dude, I listened to that way too young. I was like 14. I know, me too. And by the end of it, I was like, uh, I need to wash my soul with Dawn. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I need to read the Book of Mormon. <laughs> I need to re-baptize. <laughs> uh, that shit is crazy. No, songs, songs don't make me cry as much. They definitely give me chills. They give me hype. There's one song that like, makes me tear up. And it's a song that once you learn about like what it is, it's uh, 
It's it's so crazy. It's Emojin Heaps um, oh. Hide and Seek. Do you ever Classic. learn about the, me- the meaning of that song? Uh-uh. Dude, first of all, that song is a, gr- is a great song. Regardless of uh, Saturday Night Live and the OC, from they which it. I think it, like, it, <laughs> it did, like, I don't know. I, I love that skit, but Emojin Heaps, did you know she went to uh, Juilliard? She's like classically trained. Anyway, uh, hide and seek is just about like her parents getting divorced and her as a child playing hide and seek with her parents who left. Damn. (sighs) Bro, you're going to make me start crying. Yeah, dude. I'm trying to hit you personally, dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) And the whole uh, Hatch clan. (laughs) (laughs) We're all crying. We don't even know why. What the f***? What's going on? (laughs) I feel a disturbance in the force. Dude, the lyrics are like, uh, what did she say? Crop, like crop circles in the carpet. Yeah. Um, that's basically when they went back to the house to clean it out and they were like taking off furniture from the, from the floor. And it was like this, the house was just this empty shell of what used to be their family. And it was like all the furniture making the imprints on the carpet and dusty, dusty something hang on the walls. It's basically like the picture frames and like they remove that and it's like, Damn, all the three of podcast, like the we tell scary insane, stories, dude? funny yeah. stories, and depressing ass stories, bro. I've, I've, okay, uh, I, I shed a tear to that song. Since I, I have one that. though that, like, I came close to tearing up for all the right reasons. Though hmm. I was on a drive through the mountains, and Ooh. John Denver comes on. Ooh. Not the one you would think. It was any song, and uh-huh. then all of a sudden, I come around this bend, and it opens up to just the mountains in front of me. I was like, <laughs> really. Come back in there. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm proud of you, my guy. Yeah, I'm damn, proud that's of crazy. You. That's the it most was, emotional I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, uh, I shed a tear on a drive once. It was uh, driving Big Sur. On the way to the ER? <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the, your pee I'm like, I'm coming around the, the point of the mountain. I'm in the ambulance, like, hit my inhaler. <laughs> this is um, so pretty. It took my <laughs> breath away. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ever cry mid-albuterol? Um, <laughs> no, it was on, uh, it was on, uh, what is it? The PCH high highway one one, like Ooh. big around big Sur, And that's like, gorgeous down. This there. is a, this place is gorgeous. Like it was not like even, sunset. Not right now. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not right blasted. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. But just, uh, wow. Another OC reference. Just go, is it the OC yeah. with phantom planet? <laughs> we be another one driving in the sun. You cried then, <laughs> thinking about that? <laughs> I respect Oh, now you're cry shaming me. Yeah, why are you cry yeah, shaming yeah. now, dog? Damn, loser. <laughs> it's because he's a dad. He thinks he's better, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Come on, Ele- elevate your crying. No, I'm just kidding. That's valid. I love that. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, you want to hear how weird me and my cousins were as children? Uh, you ever you know who Trans-Siberia Orchestra is? Mm-hmm. Yes. They have some intense songs. And when oh, you're yeah. 10, when you're 10, that shit is the most intense thing you've ever heard in your life. You know what <laughs> I mean? So we were sitting in the tiny little office with the shitty like uh, like uh, Dell computer. And we were playing that over the shitty Dell computer speakers. And it was just hitting us in such a way. We were all like experiencing emotions we never experienced because we're 10. Yeah. And, it's uh, like it's like final boss music. Oh, yeah. And, we're, and there's no boss in the room. We're just sitting there alone. It's you. Emotions. You're the boss. Our emotions are our boss. It's you. Yeah. And so we get the bright idea. We're like, oh my gosh, uh, go get a cup of water. So someone sneaks out of the office, gets a cup of water, brings it back. And then we're like, go call your older sister into the office. And we called the older sister. When she walked in, we all had put water in our <laughs> eyes and we were pretending to cry. And we wanted to look cool like we were getting affected by the songs. And she walked in, she looked around and she was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> were like this, like 
we're posed in the corner like this, like. <laughs> oh man, man, shameful! I, I've done so many things. I'm so shameful. They keep oh. me up at night. <laughs> there was one when my uh, I, I experienced death for the first time in uh, middle school. Is my great grandmother who I was really close with, <laughs> and uh, I had my uh, my so my Sony uh, CD player. And, uh, I was listening like the to wrap a, around the behind the heads. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was listening to keen somewhere only we know. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that one hit <laughs> all of those 2000 songs hit Huba stank. Oh, the reason, oh, the Ooh. reason <laughs> damn Superman or whatever. Three doors down. <laughs> In the Dude, end, dash rip. In the emo. end, oh, Lincoln Park. <laughs> emo got big in the 2000s, so it was like dashboard confessional, and they're actually trying to make you cry. You know what I mean? Vindicated, dude. Oh, fun times. When you're Crying depressed, what, what what are your habits when you guys are depressed? Are there any like special habits besides maybe just like being a piece of shit lying in bed all day or like <laughs> binging Netflix? Like Bro, for me, I, it's I mean, like for me, it's like sit like sitting in the shower for like an hour. In the dark. Okay. Sometimes I'll have like my light on. Like I'll just like sit in the shower, dude. It's a it's it's a good healing process. That's DJ's good. mom's like this fucking water bill is too damn high. <laughs> She's like, it says you took two hour showers for the last six weeks. <laughs> Get on Prozac. It's cheaper. <laughs> uh, I saw a TikTok that kind of me up, and I don't know if I agree with it, but a girl said she was talking to her therapist. And our therapist is like, uh, you know, I thought that was a punchline (laughs) therapy. She was like, better help. She was like, how do you, how do you cope? What do you do? And she's like, do you, do you take hot showers? Like when you're not feeling good? She's like, oh yeah, all the time. And she's like, are they really hot? Oh yeah. They like burn the skin, man. It's like, I love it. I love when like my skin's like almost peeling. And then she's like, and then my therapist kind of leaned back and smiled. And she said, you know, it's crazy how some forms of self harm have become so widely accepted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I take the hottest showers all the time. And I was like, oh, <laughs> f- bro, am I just self-harming all the like, Bro, you're self-harming. <sighs> I got to I gotta fix that. Uh, it's just another thing. Put it on the list. I got to fix. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, uh, I got to go take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> One of our dream uh, sponsors is actually BetterHelp. Yeah, because I need their services. Yeah. <laughs> we do need their services. But maybe uh, even more so, I think uh, our listeners need their services. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so after, our, after our terrifying stories. stories. <laughs> yeah. You ever see Baphomet? Subscribe for 20% off. Speak to a therapist <laughs> yeah, yeah. about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't let the demons haunt you. Ever had Talk sleep paralysis? Better help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah It's exactly. there for you. Exactly. Dude, it's built in. Uh, we should start stories. Let's do it. Okay, let's uh, do it. Addressing some comments from chat. I see, I see a lot of your songs in there. Uh, Kermit the Frog. Hey Mama from Kanye West. That's a good one. Take it away, Shiny Boy. All right. So for all of you listeners, this is an audio podcast. So we're going to stay away from the chat for a little bit. Like if you're just here for the stories, you can skip ahead by looking at the link. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. Big and small, when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. (sighs) I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light. Lightness in my heart, my head, 
my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Blow. So I'm going to lead us off tonight, and I wanted to kind of put together a Utah 3 episode. Utah 3! Let's go! Utah, people working together. <laughs> Utah, what a great place to be. Utah. Okay, so we've got a couple of different stories across all three of us now. Randomly and strangely, the stories that I came up with just all happen to be in and around the canyons. So my first story here is actually going to be about Mount Timpanogos. And Ren, I got a picture here for you. Everyone can see this picture I took myself. So hot boy. Just wanted to share that with you. We're covering most uh, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's now, sick. Real beautiful Timpanogos. Looks over all of Utah Valley where we three I mean, Ren grew up here, and then the three of us have spent almost all of our adult lives in a this decade. valley. Yeah. And how Utah... About 10 years now. How Utah is, is there's like one main freeway through Utah, and most of the population is in... It's, it's, it's Utah Valley, and then like and Salt then Lake. Salt Lake Valley. Yeah, so it's like all along this road, and, and there's like huge mountains to the right, and Sean just showed a photo of them, and then there's like a ton of mountain range that goes to the right, and then there's a big valley, and then on the other side, there's another mountain range. And so yeah. the freeway cuts that in the middle and uh, all along these mountains, there's huge mountains and there's canyons that you can go up through and you can go up through one in Salt Lake to get to Park City. You can go through one and it's like the most beautiful scenic drive. Uh, but mm -hmm. we were talking about it before the podcast. It's crazy in Utah. You can be like in the city in Salt Lake within 15 minutes. You are in the mountains. You are in yeah. the wilderness. No reception, trees, cougars, mountain lions. It's like. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I'm all about the cougars. Yeah. So. Um, but anyways, <laughs> it's a real nice perk to Utah. It definitely to be able is. to get off grid so quickly and so easily, especially during the summer. Like I can't think of a weekend where I'm not like doing something out in the mountains, exploring, hiking, kayaking, whatever it is. But there's also a lot of haunted history that surrounds these mountains and canyons and creepy people. And we're going to be covering as much of that as we can. Yes, sir. So the first one I wanted to start with here is Timpanogos. And I don't know if either of you know, but there's actually a legend surrounding Mount Timpanogos. Mm -mm. So the legend goes that the Ute people were suffering from a drought and famine years and years ago. And the mountain god required a sacrifice for the famine and drought to end. 
Now, the gods demanded the sacrifice, and the chief, the chieftain's daughter, whose name was Utana, no way, according to legend, according to legend, volunteered herself oh. to be the sacrifice. Uh, She's go. I volunteer as tribute. That's, that's what it comes to mind. I volunteer. Yeah, no, that's right. exactly what it is. On her way to this sacrifice that she is going to be the uh, victim of, a Native American warrior by the name of Red Eagle comes across her and falls in love with her instantly. He's like, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And he convinces her that he is the god. Oh. And that her duty is actually to marry him. We love a classic love story. We love a classic Mani- Provo manipulative. Story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that's so reminiscent of the Mormon dating scene. I, so many times Mormons be told. telling telling people, "I had a dream that we got married." <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard that. I've had a dream. I've heard the I prayed and was told that you're supposed to marry me. Gosh, rough. So, anyways, this is what Red Eagle did. He pioneered the way, if you will, for all of them. In Provo, and he takes her away with him. Not long after, she somehow discovers that Red Eagle is lying to her and that he's not a god. It was probably in communication with with her family that the drought and the famine was not over. So she leaves early in the morning while Red Eagle is still asleep, goes to the top of Mount Timpanogos, and throws herself off of the mountain, obviously dying. Red Eagle finds her, takes her body, and goes to Timpanogos Cave to bury her body within the mountain. And the drought ended shortly after that. There's a stalagmite that's supposed to be supposed to be the heart of Timpanogos or Utana. Now that's a great story. It's I actually like I was I was like this is actually a story and I hadn't heard it in 10 years. So it was really that was really fun to come across. Now, also, Mount Tipanogos Cave is supposed to be haunted to this day. Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be and there's it's part of a tour. So like there's a little like visitor center right outside the cave. You'll take the little walk up and they'll open the door. You'll go in and the tour guides or the park rangers at one point will have everyone flip off their lights. So that everyone can experience the darkness within the mountain. Now, that's something they'll do with the tourists, but that's also a challenge that they do amongst themselves. The challenge is that as the park rangers by themselves, after hours, will go into the cave, close the door, go in, flick off their light, and see who can stay in there the longest. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, while they're in there, they've heard people running at them. Oh. Or wailing within the cave. Now, could that potentially be people messing with them? Maybe. But also, there's a story of one park ranger who led a tour. It was the last tour of the day. They get out of the cave. They close the door and lock it. And they're walking down the like paved pathway back, way, back towards the, uh, the little visitor center. And they hear a knocking at the door. Now, the tour guide, the park ranger, thinking, oh, shoot, I just left somebody in the cave and locked them in. Runs back to the door, opens it, and there's no one there. Those are the kind of things that will happen even to this day in Mount Timpanogos Cave. And that same haunting or whatever it is may be affecting 
the entire American Fort Canyon, which I will let someone else share that story. That was where I was going to go right after this. <laughs> is that is that me? <laughs> I think that's you, dude. Bro, uh, we had a list of 30 links. Each link has like 50 stories. And somehow, Sean, DJ, and I found the same story, bro. <laughs> so we all got to recording tonight. We're like, you're covering this? It's like, yeah, you? Yeah, you? It, astronomical how that happened. It happened. Sean's been gracious enough to let me cover it. So... Uh, we got a really crazy source from our research team. Someone on the research team, Pack Attack, shout out. On Discord, we have a research team private room that if you want to be a part of, message us on IG or Discord. Anyway, he sent us a link to the BYU database for like folklore and legends of Utah. And it's a huge... That they've been collecting since yeah, the 50s. It's crazy. There's so many stories in here. Religious, non-religious, uh, like Native American related. They have all these like subsections of stories. It's Down to like recipes. Database. Recipes and like quilt patterns. Like. <laughs> I saw jokes. Jokes is a thing. Like old yeah, Utah jokes. jokes. <laughs> yeah, dude. And the fact that we all came across the same yes. story. We and their transcriptions. Too like that they're all most of them are transcriptions. So like first they accounts. recorded conversations with people telling yeah. these stories and then they they put it out in official documents. So yeah, great so, great resource. Yeah. So this is one of those stories and it takes place in American Fort Canyon, and it's about a group of friends who traveled up the canyon and they encountered something insane. So there is. Two guys recounting this story. There's a group of friends. They're hanging out. And one of them's like, yo, didn't you guys have something crazy happen up the canyon? And the two guys who are seconds before, like, super happy and jovial, both kind of clam up and get quiet. And they kind of get goaded and coaxed into telling the story. And finally, their names are Grant and Brian. And finally, um, let's just say Grant. Grant finally caves in and goes, okay, I'll tell you what happened. But if I get emotional, I might have to stop. And whereas the, the, the vibe of the group of friends was like fun, it got serious. So Grant starts to tell this story. If you enter into the canyon from the American Fork Way, there is a really long stretch of straight road that goes up into the canyon. And then it forks off and starts like curving and winding. And at that point, the roads get pretty narrow. And he said... Grant and Brian and a group of friends decided one night that they were bored. They wanted to go find something, maybe something spooky or get, get creeped out. And they decided they're going to go up the canyon. And they enter into the canyon on the American Fork side. And they go up that long straight road and they climb higher and higher. And this is the very same road that we climbed when we started 3 a.m. out in the forest. And they climb and they go back on the switchbacks and they go near the cliff on the right and they come around. And there's a fork. You can go left up to Tibble Fork Reservoir, or you can go right and continue on Alpine Loop. It's a big group of friends. There's a lot of them, enough to pack out the van that they're driving. So this wide van turns right. They're going to go up to Tibble Fork and hang out. There's like a parking lot. You can get out, chill, uh, you know, skip rocks or whatever have you. They turn right. They start climbing the road up to Tibble Fork Canyon. When up above, not not they haven't reached Tibble Fork, it's before that. Up ahead on the road, on the side, they see something. 
They start to slow down because they, they want to make sure they don't hit anything. Maybe it's a deer, elk, something crossing the road. And they get closer and closer and they can see the silhouette of what looks like three people leaning over a fourth. Immediately, I've, I've been up that canyon. You know, there's cyclists. I've seen cyclists get hit like it's scary. So immediately they're wondering, is someone hit, hurt? What's going on? They slow down. We need to check out. And it's hard to describe this feeling, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring something up that will hopefully you guys will relate. But as they pull up and they kind of get their eyes on what actually is happening pure terror. Do you guys remember when we were in Honolulu and we saw that like night marcher and it's like we pulled up slowly and just the feeling we got when we looked out the window and I screamed and DJ had to gas it and and like go. You know that feeling where it's like you slow down and you look and you finally realize what's, what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened to them. They pull up on the three figures of the human or the three people who they thought was helping a third. And they realize very quickly, several things are wrong. These are way too big to be humans. So they look like humans, but they are all seven feet plus. And they're leaning over a a fourth human, but they're not helping. Each of them have pieces of the body and they are in the middle of consuming it. Hell no. The figures were all black. They all turn to the light of the van and they make eye contact with everyone in that van. They said their eyes shone in the dark. They look like humans, but it was something wasn't right. Immediately grant who's driving stops the car. And as he stops the van, all three of the figures start walking towards them. So he backs up, but like I said, narrow roads, he starts trying to make a pinpoint turn on this small road. (laughs) And as he's doing this in his Scooby-Doo-ass van, they see the figures now go into a full-on sprint. So he has maybe one, two more turns and he's turning and they're getting closer and closer. And as he's just still bipedal or... They're sprinting. Do we know out. if it's like all, all fours? Oh, if they're running on all fours. <laughs> he doesn't mention if it's all fours. All that he says is they start bolting towards the car so unbelievably inhumanly fast. So he doesn't mention four four feet, but they start running top speed at the car. As he's about to make his last turn and clear like the cliff so that he can turn all the way around. They hear slams into the side of the van. They've jumped on the van. They're speeding, careening down this mountain. They're taking turns. They need to get to the straightaway. They're going dangerously fast. Everyone is screaming in the car. They can hear someone on the van and someone on the side of the van. The person or the thing that's on top of the van is slamming something into the top. Everyone inside of the van is screaming. Everyone is crying. Grant's telling the story and he's choked up. Like he, he, you can tell he's reliving it and uh, he's almost gone like blank behind the eyes as he's recounting this to them. At one point, the van door starts to open. (gasps) And the person sitting close of it grabs it. And as they grab onto it, it's yanked so violently, they almost fall out of the van. Also, Grant's going around corners, top speed. So everyone in the back of the van grabs onto that person, 
grabs onto the door and they pull as hard as humanly possible. As they're pulling, Grant whips around a corner and whatever was holding onto it, like is flung off. Maybe two or three more turns until they're, until they're at the straightaway where they can just get out of the canyon. The passenger window shatters. The thing that's on top of the van has punched through and they can see them grabbing in, trying to grab the passenger. Grant said, everyone's in the back screaming. People are praying to God as hard as they can. He said, audibly. Yeah. Not in their hearts. Out loud. This is audible. Yeah. He said he's never been more frightened in his life. As they come to the mouth of the canyon... And they're sure that like whatever's on top of the car is going to reach in and grab whoever's whoever it can. They exit the canyon and everything stops. They said whatever was on the car seemed to no longer be there. Uh, whatever was chasing them has stopped. They all looked out the window. They watched the rearview mirror. No figures. They said almost it felt as if once they left the canyon they had like reached some invisible barrier that maybe this thing couldn't like pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just said instantly. It was as if they could like breathe again. They come out of the canyon. And Grant like that. finishes this story and everyone around is just silent. And what's scarier is this, this canyon is like, we're so in- intimately familiar with it. Like we've Sean and I DJ, We've walked through this canyon at night with no lights. It's like we've gone on these paths. It's so dumb to think. It's it's so crazy. But that was Grant's story. That was Brian's story and what they encountered. And this is like documented in the BYU uh, database here. Wow. Bro. <laughs> it's it's crazy that they like stop at the <laughs> where they did. The mouth like of the Like at the, the city limits. Real Twilight-ass shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. The wolves couldn't leave the forest. The Collins are like, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, they turn around and like, where you out? Where, where you been, Loka? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got you, Locas. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, Adios, anyway, Locas. That's uh, that's that's the Skinwalker encounter in uh, American Fort Canyon. So oh next time you go up there, just you know, maybe don't take a van. Don't try to hit the thirty point turns. And if you see a group of people huddled over a fourth, just uh, get out of there. Back up. Turn right around. Yeah. Uh, I have one more short one. Can I share it real quick? Yeah, Mm -hmm. go for it, please. I love this one. There's something that is so attractive or just like uh, heartwarming about small town or urban legends. You know what I mean? Where it's like, dude, that's the haunted park. And if you sit on the bench at night and whistle and call out <laughs> Nikki, Nikki Bobby's name, he'll come and lick your toes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's something that's yes. like so charming about them. I just love them. I love hearing those. Not charming, me saying his name over and over lick. again. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this one, do you guys remember? I've shared several stories from this uh, listener before named Sierra. Oh, She's yeah. the one who said she was binging our podcast mm-hmm during covid and she was helping her mom with a flower delivery and she got out of the car it was snowing everything's muffled and quiet fresh snow not a footprint in sight it's like the best and she had to get out of her van she walked to the front 
And when she turned around and looked back at the van, there was another set of footprints to the right of her. And she's like, those were not there. <laughs> you, you remember those? Yeah. She, she also shared the Brigham, Brigham City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when the guy came out with the machete. Anyway, this is one she shared about growing up. And this was the urban legend in her town and uh, her mom's fondness for like scary things. Okay. okay. So she said when she was little, her mom would take her and her siblings or friends, I can't remember, and she would take them to this bend in the road. And if you waited there until it got dark, you can see in the road a very distinct indent in the road. And it looks like an item. So the legend goes, there was a boy who lived near this road. And when he was young, he was hit by a car while he rode his bike. Fortunately, he survived. But unfortunately, this meant he had to live his entire life paralyzed in a wheelchair. This really affected the family. It changed a lot of their dynamic. They were a very active family. So they had to do everything they could to kind of accommodate this new lifestyle. And that included mom and dad would do their best to take little Johnny out on walks every single day. The, the, we'll call the dad David and the boy Johnny. So every day they would take him out on these walks. They would go on the, around the block, get sunshine, get fresh air, and Johnny absolutely loved it. He lived for these walks. It's the only time he really felt alive. On the other hand, the dad, David, soon grew tiresome of these walks. Day after day, grind. It was such a nuisance he had to do this. <laughs> the thoughts, it would get harder and harder. Oh my gosh, I have to take Johnny out again. Years go by, and Johnny is now 30. So third, so 20 plus years of doing this. At this point, Dad is super tired of taking Johnny. He loved him, but he did not love the extra work especially as he was getting older and it was getting harder to take care of his full adult paralyzed son. One day, David is walking Johnny around the block and sees a car coming down the road. This bastard. In an exhaustive, in a bad state of mind, in exhaustion, in desperation, he decided to end it for Johnny. Pushing his wheelchair in front of the car Killing Johnny. (laughs) So Sierra said, this is the story my mom would tell us as we sat there, me and my brothers in the car (laughs) and the sun would go down and you can see. Okay. This part, I don't understand. So Sierra, if you hear this, you're going to have to uh, elaborate. She said, this is about 10 minutes where she grew up in Bountiful, Utah. Her mom would take them there at night and tell them the story, freak them all out. And you can, she said, you can still see the wheelchair smashed into the road when the street light hits it just right. So according to her, there's like pieces of the wheelchair somehow still in the asphalt or something that you can still see to this day. The end. Oh shit, that's it. Bro, I read that and I was just howling, bro. I was like, damn, Johnny, Johnny got shit luck. Bro. Johnny got boned. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so sad. What happened to David? 
Everyone knew. I just ended it, fool. No one questioned him, and he lived out his day happy without having to go on walks. The real ejecto. I I have no idea. Oh shit! He pull. He Paul Walker. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny. No, it's not. Anyway, that's me tonight. Damn, bro. Was there like a lesson to be learned by that? Like. her mom telling her that though that's what i'm curious of i don't know like don't be a nuisance to your parents bro or else i'll push you don't, get, per- don't get paralyzed <laughs> yeah All anyway right. that's me tonight guys thanks charles um yes sir going along with some of like uh the history that uh kind of helps build the like some of the suspense behind these areas that we live around and have explored frequently going back even further and if there's any historians out there that can correct any of this, because this might not be 100%, but uh, I mean, when the first pioneers and uh, they, they were Mormon settlers, when they arrived to Utah, headed by Brigham Young, then president, you know, of, of the, the church. Brother Brigham. He uh, apparently there were some Native Americans... I don't know if there were Utes, but there were some natives who lived in the PG area. And there's a little canyon in PG, Pleasant Grove, which is where Jay's journal takes place. Mm-hmm. And the the Pep Rally Phantom, the haunted school with the, the bunkers and the underground tunnels built pre-World War II. There were some natives that lived there. When was this? 1800s? Yeah, mid 1800s, maybe 50s, 60s. Yeah. yeah. And um, there were some natives there who allegedly stole some of the Mormon settlers' horses. So, as a response, Brigham sent like a posse to kind of like handle the situation. And the way the situation was handled was pretty violently. And I believe they murdered all the men and then took all the women and children and took care of them like actually white settlers murdered all the indigenous men mm -hmm. yeah so this is just like a neighboring canyon in the same the same valley Mm -hmm. and uh, i think that area is called uh battle creek i think that's what it's used to be called used to be before pleasant grove used to be battle creek and then they dude they covered a rebrand yeah (laughs) they (laughs) covered it up it's like battle Creek. this is the site of a massacre and they're like let's just call this shit pleasant grove (laughs) and uh but dude talk about talk about like ripe for curses and hauntings yeah yeah yeah, there was a, a story about like so there's a, a park in PG called Kiwanis, Kiwanis Park. There's another one, Provo, not that Kiwanis Park. I was so confused because yeah, yeah. I knew the Provo one. Yeah, the Provo one's famous. All the BYU students hang out there. Go make out. Play sports. Go derf. Just Go make out. Blue ball each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, soak and whatnot. And Kiwanis Park in PG, there's uh we came across just a little blog. It's really brief, but the writer of the blog is talking about his wife and how she wanted like her new year's resolution was to go hiking every year or every, every week. And, um, they lived in the area and they're like, I want to go hiking by PG Canyon and like Kiwanis park. Mm. And she'd usually get her sisters to come with, but they all refuse. Cause they're like, we've been up there. And, uh, some of them had claimed to see like skinwalkers there. So, uh, looking into like the history, 
uh, it would only make sense why there would be skinwalkers <laughs> hanging around there. But yeah, this is more just on on the area that that we're around. Further up northeast, going to like Skinwalker Ranch, there's a quick little blurb coming from a one Hannah. I don't know if we want to say the last name, but uh, Hannah's talking about Skinwalker Ranch, and Skinwalker Ranch is in the middle of nowhere. So I believe Hannah is staying at Skinwalker Ranch. She doesn't say why or how many people are there, but the longer they're there, things are. She's noticing that uh, things are are strange, and the the caretakers of Skinwalker Ranch are getting a little nervous, and to the point where after a few days, they're telling them, "We don't think it's very safe here, so we would advise you guys pack up and leave maybe in the morning or as soon as possible." And at one point she overhears a conversation about how their cattle there are just getting swooped up. Some of them are being found mutilated. Um, A bunch of them are just missing and uh, it's taking a toll on, uh, I guess their, their revenue, their livelihood. Like they're, yeah, they're losing, they're losing tons of money because of it. And the last thing they need is taking care of, of, of guests. But she's she's listening to the stories from these caretakers, and uh, they're talking about how at the edge of the property there's a gorge, like some ravine, and they can see something at the bottom of it, and they're they're watching it and it's not moving, so they're wondering is it one of the cows? Maybe it fell, and they decide to traverse down into into this gorge, and they get closer and closer and. They still can't really tell what it is. Finally, get they get to the bottom. They get to the bottom of this. <laughs> <laughs> and this is exactly what she says. It was turned inside out. Oh. Kind of like you took their butthole <laughs> and just folded it inside out. Whoa. It just like full body prolapse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This a cow, pink, pink sleeping bag, and every <laughs> um, everything that was inside was now outside, guts, intestines, s- stomach, liver, all of it. That thing didn't become like that from falling. <laughs> Usually, that's the case. <laughs> they identified the cow somehow. They got its dog tags or something. Like, I recognize Babe. that butthole anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing out here for <laughs> there ain't nothing out here for 30, 30 miles. That's not very far, but uh, <laughs> desperate times, <laughs> desperate measures. Um, they identified it, and uh, this was like a healthy cow that was fine days previous. You know, wasn't sick. Nothing. I mean, even even if it was sick, like <laughs> what you know, sickness would do? That? Yeah, what sickness would do that? So it was Imagine just a, if the next pandemic is that, dude. Oh, oh shit! People Everyone just, just like turning inside out. That's what I felt anyway. like when we were in Idaho last year, a year ago. When I went to the hospital months oh, after oh, I was yeah. in the ICU when we were in Idaho. Remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Dude, you and Lucy were in an arms race to see who could go to the doctor. I, oh my gosh, I was dying. I was literally screaming in the ca- in the cabin. I was gone already. Okay, dude. I, I don't know. If, I think you were gone too, Charles. But I was like screaming, yeah. embarrassing, Goodness, dude. 
anyway um <laughs> yeah short little blurb but like her just sitting in the <laughs> listening to this conversation it's like where do i go i'm in the middle of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> listening to how they found this this cow and how it was mutilated usually uh, the the cow mutilations i hear are like almost like clean like holes blasted through their side or something, you know, or through their neck, which is still crazy, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> but, um, lightsabered. Yeah. Bro. Anyway. Wow. Not much of like a, uh, a plot to it. It's just like a conversation. No, she it's still super weird. <laughs> she eavesdrops, but definitely not something you want to run into either. Mm. That was what I found in, uh, one of the, the many stories from that archive. Yeah. Fun. All right. Thank you, DJ. Mm. I've got one last one for us. Hell yeah. This story I heard from my coworker yesterday. He was told this story from his scoutmaster, and this happened to them. Now, in the 1970s, Utah was the stomping grounds of one Theodore Logan Bundy. Two. Bundy. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that you said Theodore Logan Bundy, bro. <laughs> Definitely, that's probably not his name, so we'll go with Ted. Anyways, his scoutmaster is telling him this story, and he says one night, um, it was the night of like a school dance or something, and he had his date. They decided like halfway through the date, they're like, hey, let's dip. Let's go up Mill Creek Canyon, which is up in Salt Lake, you have several different canyons there. You have uh, Parley's, Mill Creek, Big Cottonwood, Little Cottonwood. So they're like, hey, let's go up Mill Creek Canyon. Let's do a little fire. We'll chill up Mil there. Mill Creek is the canyon you take to get to Park City? But that's Parley's. Oh, Mill that's Creek Parley's is right just south of that one. Okay, okay. So they go up and they get to a parking area. And there's like a little trail that leads off of that. They hike up it a little bit to get to a little area where they could do a fire. They start the fire. They're chilling there for a little bit. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, I forgot something down in the car. Let me run and grab it really quick. So he heads down this trail, leaves the light of the campfire on this trail, headed down to the car, and then trips over something. Oh. There on the trail. After his eyes adjusting to the dark and after kind of regaining his senses, he looks over at what it was, and it was a body. Now, his first reaction was, what the hell? There's just a body here. We've all talked about finding a body out in the woods and what we would do. That's his first reaction. His second reaction is, we have to get out of here. But Ooh. I can't go back and tell this girl while I'm freaking out. I have to remain calm. So he like gets up, goes back to the campfire, just is trying to move to save the other person. Maybe I might be with him on that. He's like, Hey, actually let's just get out of here. Hey, you know, I'm just not feeling it. Let's go. Yeah. So they start okay. gathering their things, picking up stuff around the fire. And at one point he looks up and just at the edge of the firelight where it gets dark, there's someone standing there watching them. And as that person notices, he's watching he backs away into the darkness. And so at that point, he's like, yeah, no, let's just go. Grabs her, and they head down the trail as quickly as possible, back to their car, speed out of Mill Creek Canyon. He drops her off and immediately calls the cops. 
the cops head up the canyon and they don't find anyone or anybody. And unfortunately, there was no like suspect ever caught. But this was the exact time that Ted Bundy had been wandering around. We've told these kinds of stories before. The one up Squaw Peak. Or the, the one. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, closest he ever got to being caught. Yeah. Or the one where the girl was on a date with him and decides to jump out of the car. We've told those. And I, when I heard this story, I was like, damn. Okay, yeah, no, we have to share this. Damn, he's doing the same thing and all, like hitting all the canyons. Yeah, for real. Like, that's what he was doing, just going to every single one. Um, and just the imagery is so terrifying to me. You're just the, the whole edge of the firelight. What you can't see beyond that is what's terrifying. And him yeah, just backing away that. into it. But they all survived, except for the body. That, oh. was, that was the, <laughs> the story. Let the bodies hit the flow. <laughs> uh, one of my old coworkers, they had a seventh grade teacher who grew up in Utah, full Ted Bundy fear. He's abducted people. They knew that people were disappearing. Everyone was afraid. She was at the mall that I think he got his victims from. Oh, damn. And I think she worked there. She like worked at a food joint or something and she was closing one night and she came out of the mall and her car was parked almost on the opposite end of the parking lot. And there was like two lights, like one in the middle and one at the end. And in between, it's just like seas of black. <laughs> She's terrified because people have already been abducted. She's, I think, I think at this point, someone has been abducted from that mall. And this is in the 70s or 80s or whatever. There's no cell phones. And she's like, I can do it. So she takes off and she goes into the darkness and she makes it through the first valley of dark. And she like makes it to the uh, the light in the middle. She takes a second, kind of like looks around, almost like Sean says, like the, the light of the, she can just like see like what's in the light of the light and everything out there is dark. And as she does that, she takes a second to kind of like take everything in. She hears footsteps and they're getting faster. So she starts sprinting to her car. As she's sprinting, she can hear slamming footsteps behind her. Someone is running behind her. She's fumbling for her keys. She reaches her car and she said, just as she gets in and shuts and locks the door, someone slams into the side of the car and starts ripping at the front door. Holy hell. Key into the ignition, turns it on. She takes off and leaves. And uh, that story is like so many people know someone who had a close call with Ted, which is just so crazy. It's weird how like on a national level, Ted Bundy, everyone knows who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, but he has like a really intimate and like he had a really impactful time here in Utah. Like a lot of people have runs and run-ins with him or personal experiences with them. And, and that was one. I remember hearing that uh, in the middle of my shift. And I was just like <laughs> listening to the story. The uh, footsteps, so dude. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Um, anyway. I don't have a, a real good meter for what's uh, – attractive like male wise a lot of the time Dude, um, neither do i, I like a general because there's like generally most people would agree this this dude's attractive, this dude's attractive. yeah i'm not very yes. good at that that with that meter so is ted bundy attractive nope 
Pl- pl- nope. Yeah, let's no? see. Like, rate this fool. Females. Rate, rate, rate this guy. Bro. Is that like no. a s- six? Above average? <laughs> I would say four. I don't think he's ugly. You think you think he's below average? I would put him r- maybe at a six. Five. Yeah. I feel like that's the only one right now that can speak. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me tell you, Ren. <laughs> the, the facial hair helps. Yeah, him without facial hair, yeah, big difference. Like, Dude, he looks he looks straight up in that one with the girl. Yeah. Uh that one, he looks like a Jack Nicholson, dude. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like Busting through the door. I guess Here's yeah, it depends on like what time you get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because so, like I've heard I've heard about Ted Bundy that he was like almost a shapeshifter. His oh, physical yeah. appearance would change so dramatically, people would like be freaked out. So uh, hmm. But everyone talks about Ted Ted, Ted Bundy's Riz. Like Ted, <laughs> Ted, Ted Bundy had like pull, crazy pull, you know? What about him? Like he told good jokes? Was he a funny dude? Like was just was this guy just hilarious? If he's not hot, he was pretty funny, bro. He was a pretty funny guy. Because no, probably the audience. Because like he would um, go to bars and obviously flirt. I think he was probably Charming? Charming, exactly. Because, like, girls, the way a lot of times we look at people, like, a lot of times physical parents, like, we'll put that aside if, like, <gasps> they can keep a conversation or they yeah, yeah, yeah. good with, you know, banter or anything. So, That's what I was saying. If maybe, he's not super yeah. hot, then he's got... He's got the Riz. He's got the Riz. Oh, my gosh. Is this episode Ted Bundy's Riz? What the f***? Would you would you like to check out my cave? Would you like to check out <laughs> my buggy? You want to you want to get into my beetle? Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> yeah, that was he another tactic he pulled, right? Like his his broken down car or something. Oh yeah, he would yeah, add. He'd, hey, he'd, he'd wear. Huh. Yeah, he'd wear like a cast and be like, "Can you help me take this to my car and shit?" Anyway, damn. I, uh, I mean, it was the seventies in Utah, so so he was nice to everybody. Too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so re- anyway, re- respectful. Nice people. Yeah. Screw yeah. nice people. I mean, <clears throat> huh. I don't know. What do we learn? What do we learn from that, DJ? What do we take from it? He's just made it hard for my boy Sean whenever Sean's on like Hinge or Bumble. And like, it's like, you got a super like. And Sean's like, oh, hell yeah, super like. Let me open up. Uh, yo, you have any scary stories? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what's the, what's the term for anti riz? <laughs> That's what I got. Yeah, Ruz, dude. Ruz, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, guys, tonight's episode's been fun. We are going to close our regular episode, but before we do, let's do let's cover one thing for our patreons this week. You guys down? Yeah, please let's do it, please. So, Sean, thank you for supplying the subject. DJ, thank you for the story. That was fun. There's going to be more Utah episodes coming. We need to uh, crack into some of these things. Oh, for this sure. was pretty quickly put together. So yeah, uh, thank you, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being here. Let's get into our our bonus story. Okay. Do you remember how I brought up uh, AI earlier? Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of AI cryptids? No. You haven't. No. Like cryptids that, that live specifically in the AI world. Bro, they're being created. What? 
and we are going to watch a documentary and I want to get your reaction. It's a 20 minute documentary. We could either watch it on one speed or 1.5 or something. Let's watch like it on that. one and then okay. we can speed it up. But here, but here what's crazy, what's crazy is this is happening right now in AI and it's like, we'll just watch. I, I can't like articulate why this is so creepy. I'm excited to me. I'm yeah, it's, do you know tulpa? Let's talk about tulpas. Yeah. Do you remember what a tulpa is? Refresh. Yeah, a tulpa term, is but... a cryptid or an entity where it's like, if you think about it enough, like so many people grow up learning about, let's say, like Bigfoot, that none of enough of us have thought about and put my, uh, thought towards it that we like create it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's like you confirmation bias, kind of. Kind of, but it's like, it's the idea of like, if enough people put enough mental energy towards it, it brings it into fruition. So like, if you have an imaginary friend that you believe wholeheartedly is real, eventually it can kind of become real. Do you know what I mean? So kind of that, that, uh, that logic or that, uh, I don't know, mm. that process applies here. So let's, let's start this. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you for supporting us week after week, year after year. But with that, trust your gut, watch your back, I think is how it goes. Be careful out there. And Charles didn't say it, but by love you, be safe. <laughs> by love you, be safe. See you next week. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the3am pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence and give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com <laughs>